other thing with mountain movers is not just to come and pray, but to come and minister. We have phenomenal night, Sunday night, just ministry, just here. We were just laying hands on people and just calling out stuff as God was leading it. So, and we all are called to minister to one another, and uh, that's that's 24/7. So that's when you leave here, it's when you're here, and um, you know. So often we, we 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 think we have to wait until a certain environment is created, you know, or it just happens here. And when we leave, it's like oh back to normal life but you know we, we, we have these giftings that he wants us to minister to people 24-7 and it's one of the core reasons why we've been talking about knowing him so much because out of the true knowing of him you can minister so I want to encourage you with that I want you to encourage you to come to to pray together as a family not because we something we should do it's because we want to because it's what followers of Jesus are called to be you know, prayer goes hand in hand with a follower a little bit like food and being a human or air and being a human they go hand in hand you need one to live well prayer's no different God's word's no different spirit's no different and so Come on and let's minister and let him minister to us and the Christ in us minister to one another, amen? And you just never know what may happen. Jesus came to heal the broken hearted, set the captive free, bring recovery of sight to the blind, to see his kingdom established in the hearts and the minds of the people so his people could represent him. And um, it's exciting. I don't know about you, but... 29 years old, I came out my life to Christ and I thought life was exciting before that. I realised life was boring compared to that day. I've travelled more of the world, I've seen signs and wonders in front of my eyes, never saw that as a non-follower really. Following Christ is radical, exciting, full of life and passion and it's almost too much. He's so good, it's, he's almost too much. And he calls us to live this life of absolute abundance and that abundance is operating within us, coming out of us because we're his children. And as his children, he has so much for us. And like I said, there is a promise written down. That's just one promise. There are promises in there for the, for the church that we are to come into and grapple for and then live from. So we are completely and utterly set apart from the people of the this earth and yet we're still connected to it until the day he calls us up to glorify him firstly and bring glory to his name and to see the church become the church and see the world which is people come to know him that's every one of our job descriptions so when Jesus said come follow me that's what he meant it wasn't just about getting a ticket to heaven he said I want my wisdom in you, coming out of you. I want my thinking, my sight, my ability to hear coming out of you. What an invitation. Isn't that the most crazy invitation that you could be given? Do we want everything that he has for us? See, as, as, as a father, I want the very best for Madeline and Lily, 
I'm sure as parents here, you want the very best for your own children. Where do you think that desire comes from? It's not from you, it's from him. So it's his desire being outworked through you and I in the physical, but it's the father's desire. And the father has so much for us as his sons, because we're all sons. Male and female, sonship. It was the spirit of sonship. And so if Jesus is the son and he's received that spirit and then through receiving that spirit, I'm now a son, Jesus and me have the same dad. And I have the same privileges of the Christ. I'm not a God, but I'm being transformed through the power and the spirit together through the wisdom of Christ, because Christ is wisdom and he is power. And so God wants the wisdom of himself, it's him, operating in me and through me as I live my life here. Because I was born for glory. I was born to glorify his name. We were born to be the demonstration, the manifold wisdom of God on the earth. See, we've been born for royalty. We've been born to accept and then let go of an old life and grab hold of a new life. Defined by him, in his timing. And all through his ways, through the wisdom of his ways. But there is a wrestle that goes on, isn't there? There is a massive wrestle for time. Priorities, passions. And God goes, Well, here's what's on offer. And then He looks and He just looks and says, I wonder who wants the full deal. There's nothing stopping apart from the way we perceive things and the way we believe, which is ourselves. We limit ourselves because of our own thinking, because we have this wisdom of the world operating within us. It's called the flesh. And so God paints a picture for us, and we might say, I don't even know if that's even real. Okay? I don't even know if I believe that. I don't even know him. And all those things are okay. And he will continue to love trying to woo you and I because I'm sure like any other father, it's okay we're there, but he doesn't want us to stay there. Would you want your own child to stay in that position of you with you and them? No, you want them to grow up and experience the fullness of life. But it's okay. So as a loving father, it's okay that my daughter messes up. My daughters, if they mess, it's okay it's okay, it's okay, but he's, I'm trying with my kids to, to, to woo them, to, to understand, to come and walk with, because dad has so much that he wants Lily and Madeline to come into. And my love is covering their stuff-ups, like breaking the bed, because I was showing off to someone else, so I jumped up and snap! Oh, there's a problem, NASA. <laughs> you know, $500 later. Snap something else and love covers 
and it always covers. And yes, there's discipline for the action because there's always consequence, but love covers and it 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 always covers. There was one thing Ted said to me, said there was a number of things, cool things he said, and one of the things that really struck me was when he said, you know, you will always find love after a mess up with God. It's his heartbeat, it's the first thing. Yes, there is a judgment coming for the church and the earth. Different judgment, but there's a judgment coming. But it's at the end. And so God is giving you and I countless opportunities now. Countless after countless after countless after countless. What? That we would find him and allow him in to such a degree which would change us that when that day comes and I find myself standing in the sun, he says, well done, bond servant. Here's what's your reward. Well done. Because here's the fullness of the life now here. Jesus is returning with his reward. Paul said, there's a crown of righteousness that I'm going to get. You and I can be absolutely confident in Christ of a reward and a good reward. You know, we can be confidently waiting for his return. Fully possible to confidently approach the day knowing I have run the race well. I have fought the good fight. I went through the trials and the tribulations and I, with Christ in me and as I surrendered to that and I came to this position of weakness which was the position of strength and then allowed him in, his ways to be shaped, his ways to be formed. Then I started to praise this position of weakness, which is absolute strength. And all of a sudden I became someone else. I even got a new name in the process. So I once was Saul. And I was the worst sinner of all sinners. And in the same breath, I am Paul, a son of the most righteous. I'm not going to preach what I was going to preach, although it's entangled, but I want to save this. But So I'm just going to freewheel a little bit and let him, let him speak. See, Paul was a man who eventually figured out what not to be. And then he becomes a man who says, look what we are to be. So Paul is this incredible picture for you and I of seeing what the wisdom of the world is and isn't. He's this incredible demonstration 
of the life that we are to live and to find and be in. And not to be caught up in, isn't he? So in one aspect you see him as Saul and through what he would have perceived was probably the wisdom of God, he was going in the complete opposite way to the way he really probably should have gone and thought he was going. And then there's this transaction that happens. And you see this other man and he gets renamed and now he's called Paul. And now there's this other wisdom that's coming out of him. There's this other reality that's bubbling up and out of him. And he says crazy words like, when I'm weak, I'm strong. What? Yeah, when I'm weak, I'm strong. You see, when I realized that to find this position, when I came to the end of myself was the greatest day because the wisdom of the world that I thought I was, sorry, the wisdom of God I thought I was in was really having me kill people that were his and I was persecuting the thing that were God's and thinking I was doing the right thing. You see, God will take the things that we perceive that aren't and make them are. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians that God takes the base things, the low things, and makes them the things. And in that we get completely confused. Let me just read to you verse 28. This is in 1 Corinthians 1, 18, 28. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen. Don't you love this God? <laughs> Just as well. That's what I said. It was years ago. I was hanging out the washing. And, um, <laughs> what are you laughing for? <laughs> what was that? Oh, you have to ask my wife. I can't justify myself. But I remember years I was hanging out the washing and I said, Lord, why did you why did you come for why did you come and, and, and want to build this through fishermen and and the lowly? And these were the words he said, I knew they would be the people that would do something with the message. He said, he said that, you know, man and in man's intellect and intelligence You've got to hear what I'm saying. Okay? I'm going to repeat it again like I repeated last week. I am for intelligence. I am for the intellect. I am for the mind. When the mind has been renewed through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now you have to hear that. Okay? I've been accused of not being a mind guy and being a spirit guy, whatever that is. I don't know what that is because to me it's the whole same thing. I'm a Jesus guy. Okay. And so the mind must go through a process of being lowered and then raised up. If it doesn't, then you operate from the wisdom of the world. And this is the thing that he's saying, I'm going to take the base things, the things that you think that aren't, and make them are. Just to mess you all up, to show you who I am and who you're not. See, and Paul found this position. He, he, he comes to this place through an encounter on the road to Damascus 
where he has revealed within him the truth, Christ. And all of a sudden, he's propelled and brought into a reality. Because this is what the power of the living word is to do. You and I cannot lower ourselves. You and I cannot do the work that changes that. It's God and the power of the living word, which is Jesus. So when we receive the truth behind that promise in Revelation, when we receive the truth, the power, the wisdom, Christ that sits behind the words on the page, when that is revealed in us, do you know what happens? He just increased and I decreased. I now have a living substance called Christ, the truth, the word in me that now enables and empowers me to live the life of a bondservant. That's the purpose of the word. Not the words, because I can tell you what the word said, and then I could say, how many of us are in the reality of the words? How many of us have received the power of those words, the word, in us that now is going to make us crazy and live another life? The man that came to Ted DiBiase, he came in the door one way, left someone else. He received something, the something is Christ. He received what he heard. He received it. He didn't just hear it and accept it. He received it. You see, we hear, we accept, but you need to receive. Abraham looked up and received the promise. When Paul was on the road to Damascus, he received the Christ. He received revelation. He received love. And that went into him. And you and I, we must receive the word, the power. Jesus is the power. He is the wisdom. It's all about him. So we must not just hear the word and accept it and go, yeah, I accept that as truth. And we all agree that's truth. That's a start, but it is not the finished work. Are you tracking with me? We have to receive it if we want to become like him. You see, the Thessalonians, they heard the gospel, the good news. They were hearing that not just this much, Jesus came and died for your sin, the whole good news. They were hearing as it was being declared, as the kingdom was being preached, the kingdom message. Jesus came preaching the kingdom. Okay, John the Baptist came preaching repentance. Jesus came preaching kingdom. So much of us are still hanging around repentance. Yes, it's the start. Now it brings you into the kingdom, the transformation of you and I. Our minds renewed, our heart attitudes changed. What? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Word, because I received the Word. Not just once, over and over and over and over, as I wrestle, as I ask, as I seek, as I knock, as I ask, as I seek, as I knock. He revealed, oh man, 
How come I don't want drugs anymore? What happened? How come the lust and the thirst for the things of the world that are growing dim are no longer my appetite? What happened? Because I didn't change me. I will long for the things of the world. I will be found eating the things of the world. So something must come into me that's greater than me. It's called Him. So my role is to surrender. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. Who I am and my power is sufficient for you, for this work to be done. Why? Because as you realize this, my power is going to be outworked and formed in you. So as we get to this position of realizing that the things that we think, and we're so, you know, sometimes we, we think with this, we think with that, or the things that we think are it, as he lowers those, they get lowered, our ability to learn and operate and understand. As he, those things get lowered, weakness, then I become strong. When I realize that I can't change me, when I realize that I can't do anything to change me, when I get to the end of Greg Simnor, my ability to control, my wanting to control, my wanting to change my life, my wanting to keep it all nicely balanced and in order, to have my silos all lining up, to have the plates all spinning. That's a recipe for anxiousness and worry if ever there was one. Is the checkbook bouncing? Is this being paid? Is that happening? Is this happening? Is this happening? What's happening with the kids? What's happening with the sport? What's happening? Mate, it's just a world of worry, isn't it? See, when our ability has to go to stay in control, but man wants to be in control. Don't you? I do. What's happening tomorrow? Give me the checklist. Give me the to-do list. I want to know exactly where I'm going to be at what time so I stay in control. See, Paul, that was Paul. Sorry, that was Saul. This was the man Saul was. He's figuring out. He thinks he can work it out. He's got it all his little thing. He's got his little things on the go. He's standing under Gamaliel. He's got his, all his ways. The only problem was he was going the opposite way to God. And God has to come and trump the man. And says, now is the time, son. Right now is the time. You've been mine, you've been mine from the day you were even born. You haven't known that, though. Before you ever entered into your mother's womb, I saw you, I knew you, and today is the day. Bang! You are mine. You and I have all been chosen before you ever were. Before you went, ah, smack. It was the other way around, isn't it? It wasn't for my kids. They go, ah, don't need to smack them. You and I were chosen to become his to become his children. To live from the identity of being his children. That you and I would receive the fullness of life now and in the future. A life of a life of abundance because we've moved through the cross into the message of the kingdom of God, which is one, an internal, invisible, spiritual transformation of you and I through our mind and our hearts being renewed, that then we would be the demonstration. No longer in bondage, no longer afflicted, no longer worrying and completely free. Why are you worrying about ABC? Seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness. Seek First, this transformational work. Seek first, get lowly. Let me show you and bring you to that point 
Stop trying to control it all. Stop trying to manipulate it. Stop trying to figure it out. It'll just entangle you and have you all balled up in worry and anxiousness and fear. And you'll probably then get sick because it's all interconnected. I think cancer is a sign of the, what people are going through. We're so consumed with trying to hang on to ourselves and control it all that our body's going nuts. Be still and know I am who? Be still. I was talking to Madeline the other day and I said, sweetheart, you're always wanting music on. You're always doing this. You're always, I said, yeah, we need to, we need to find Christ and be still and know that he is in control of everything you. And we can hear that. We can accept it, but we don't receive it so it doesn't make one ounce of difference to our lives. The things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are. So why? So that no man may boast before God. I'm going to take the things of the wisdom of the world that still operate here and I'm going to show my people how they are not the things. And I'm going to, as they go on this process and I start showing them and as they come to me, I'm going to show them the things that are. And then this position that is perceived to be strong is going to be weak. And in the weakness, that's where my people will find strength. Not their strength, me in them. See, Paul said, I strive according to the power that is at work within me. I strive. I don't think you're supposed to strive. Be still and know I'm God. You can be still and know you be still and know that He is God and have this incredible power within you. It's the power in you that enables you to be still. And rest, but be the most active planet person on the planet. It's really interesting because then some Christians try and tell those people to slow down in case they burn out. <laughs> and the person telling the other person to slow down is not in the life of the person that is. It's crazy. And so we've got to, once again, we've got to wrestle. For this reality. And Paul is, a, is an incredible picture of a person of a man who said, you know what? Man did not reveal this to me. Man didn't bring the reality to me. See, I've been studying my whole life and I haven't found one person that brought this reality to me. It wasn't through flesh and blood through the agency of heaven. Because we have to posture and position ourselves, walk in humility, to receive the same reality that Paul received over and over and over if we are going to be the people of God. 
that he wants and longs and has called us to be. So we are the people of God, aren't we, if we receive the Spirit. But does God want mature people or does he want us to stay immature? Do you want mature children or immature children? So just because you pray to prayer doesn't mean you're automatically mature. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah. And there are things that are profound in the spirit. And Paul came across a community in Corinth and he said, you know, he said, I've got so much to share, but your hearts have become dull. See, I've got so much to share for you, but I know you can't receive it because the ground is hard. He could discern in the spirit that what he had was not going to be received. There wasn't an environment for it. He's speaking to the church here. So as we come to this place of weakness, strength is formed, which means now we're able to hear and receive more and more and more. See, the greatest thing about being lowered or God taking the things that are of the world and lowering them, is it creates this beautiful, even platform. See, what it does, it births humility in the church, meaning you and I. It births the spirit of humility, because we all now know our true starting place. Absolutely helpless to understand him. And we all start at that starting point. Are you with me? So imagine everybody starting there knowing that we cannot be changed by ourselves. That would be a great humbling thing for us all, wouldn't it? So then he goes, you know what? We are so dependent on him and we're so dependent to walk one another, trusting as he pours himself into us to grow and walk together and be linked. But see, if half the church thinks it starts over here, and it hasn't gone through the process. This is how you get division and arrogance and thinking I'm all that and you don't know what I know and all this stuff. And so you don't get this beautiful spirit of humility, which is the first beatitude, yet it's supposed to be. So then we're all coming into, in his timing, the fullness of what he has because he's got so much time for us to come into. This isn't a competition. This isn't a, man, you better get there in the next six months, Greg. This is like he's got all the time. He's outside of time. So he's got all this time. So be still and not come to know me. Turn your affection towards me. Set your mind where I am, not on the things of the world, because your life has been hidden in Christ. Why are you still worrying about this and that and this? Why do you still worry about money? Living testimony. Danielle finished her job over a year ago. We've got more money in the bank today than we had ever. We ain't got a lot. We've got more money in the bank with $40,000 that went out the door. How does that happen? How can you have a salary of $50,000 coming in every week, every year, and then it stops and now she's, after two months, she's now helping beautiful children with special needs. And she's found something that's absolutely her passion. She gets smacked in the head. She gets lunchboxes thrown at her. She gets like all this stuff and she loves it because she's graced for it. She's working 15 hours a week getting nothing. 
And somehow we've got more money than what we had when she was on doing that stuff that was killing her. And I sit there and I go, I don't know, I have a clue how that happens, but it's in my bank account. We are absolutely, completely helpless to create that, but you are. And you know where it started? From a decision that she made, that we made together, that it has to step out of that realm into another realm and trust. Trust, because he said step out to step into and trust me. But how are the bills going to get paid? This is house we've got. The kids and all the things. He says, trust me. You have heard me. Now trust me. No, 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 you don't. I don't know if I can trust you. Greg. We get a phone call from a guy in England. Look, I'm sorry to inform you, Greg, but your uncle Ken passed away. Now, we didn't. He passed away two years ago from the phone call I got, but I didn't know. Because my dad's brother was in a home and there was a breakdown in communication. My dad's brother was also, he had, you know, he had learning disabilities. And he left an inheritance. He never worked a day in his life because of his mental state. And he left us 32,000 pounds. I didn't know it was coming. Got no idea. Trust, trust, trust me. What I say is true. And I have a world of stuff, good stuff, life, joy, peace, righteousness, love, abundance in you, in me to give. But while we continue to not let go, We are robbing ourselves from it and him. We are killing ourselves. And he's going, I'm going to do a work in this community called The Rock and it's going to be so profound and so deep and it's going to cause an overflowing river to flow out of the people in their hearts and their minds if they will all walk together and surrender to it. And what is perceived of being absolute weakness and we want more of this and more of that and more of this and this is milk and all that. No, it is life and life giving. And where it is found is in the letting go and the surrendering to find this absolute place of weakness where you come to your absolute end of you to try and control, keep it all together, juggle all the balls in the air. And he goes... At last you've found this place. And it's the start of life. These stains right here are mine. In 1997, where I lost it and left my mark. (laughs) It was the greatest day. Paul found this place. Peter found this place. The disciples found this place. Moses found this place. You and I need to find this place. The quicker we do, the better it's going to be. Otherwise, we just play this game and we come lukewarm. And he's going to say, look, you're in. I love you. i got all this. He's so beautiful. He's so beautiful. He'll let you sit there your whole life. He'll let you sit at 500 feet. 
your whole life because he loves. But you know what? He keeps knocking. He'll keep coming at 500 feet and say, you know what? There's 600 feet. There's 700 feet. There's 1,000 feet. And you get to 5,000 feet on Mount Everest, I'm imagining the view is pretty special. What about 15,000 feet? What, what about getting to the top of Mount Everest and seeing at 29,000 feet the glory of his creation from that viewpoint? That can be in here and in here. That's physical. I'm talking about a spiritual dynamic that is available as we seek him and come into his wisdom and we let our wisdom go. Amen. So Father, today I, I pray by what is shared that it made sense. Uh, Lord, I, 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 anything that's not of you, just kill. Don't let it even penetrate anybody's heart or mind. And Lord, we, um, we thank you that you love us with such an extreme passion. An extreme passion. We haven't been here before outside of the revelation of the Spirit, Father. So we've been here if you've revealed yourself, if, the, if you've revealed truth in us. And I pray that would be which we would launch our lives from, the revealed truth in us because we've received you. Any of our perceptions that we perceive to be true, that have come from our past, our upbringing, our hurts, that aren't you, I pray you would bind them and I rebuke them in Jesus' name. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring life and life of abundance. Realign our minds to yours, Father. As we ask, as we seek, as we knock, as we spend time with you and one another, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would lead us into all truth. Reveal in us, in our hearts and in our minds, through your power only, you. The word, love, the truth. You. And I pray, Lord, there would be such love and grace for us and everyone here in this community to find this position, that we would love one another with your power and your love, that the love we have in us would cover a multitude of sins, a multitude of things that prevent us unbelief, wrong mindsets, judgment, that we would love and walk together as we're doing to see your name glorified and to see this holy nation, a royal priesthood, living stones built on the power of Jesus Christ, a pillar of the truth, that the manifold wisdom of God would come through the church, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, teachers and pastors and evangelists, the empowering of the Holy Spirit, to see these bond servants created and birthed and formed more and more 
that we could all say with absolute confidence, I look forward to the day of your return. I am confident of that day because I've run my race and our race well and I have fought the good fight and I know you and I have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear because the love that I found cast it all out and I'm in awe and reverence and wonder of my Father. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.